out with each other. That's all we're getting. You're not going to say it? I said stop. I just... Oh, I didn't even hear it. Yeah, that's okay. I'm to the mic. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I almost said Juicing the Big Screen this time. That's how funny is that? Um, your your statistics and sports podcast. I am I am one of the hosts, Joshua Tracy, and I'm Corwin Heller, the other of the two hosts, and uh, and we're kind of running the gamut again today. This is the non-stats edition. We're talking about things that have happened um, around the world of sports. So uh, we're gonna kind of. Just move through what's been going on. Corwin, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Dallas Stars in six games in the NHL to win the Stanley Cup final. Corwin, did you watch the final game? I did not watch a single game. And that's just probably one of the more disappointing statements I'll make on this podcast in, you know, in a while. I just did not watch hockey nearly at all this postseason. Uh I watched the final two games of of the the final because they were both elimination games, and I just kept forgetting about the other ones. I might have watched game one. I kind of forget at this point. Uh, game five was awesome because it went to double OT and was super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, the last game was fun because, like you know, it's an elimination game. It's the final. Like you know, there's a lot of stakes. Uh, but the stars never scored (laughs) and, uh, Tampa went up in the first period and never looked back. So yeah, it's hard to win a Stanley cup when you don't score in, uh, elimination games. Yeah. So it was like a fun game. Hockey's a fun sport. It was very fast moving as you would expect. Um, but it wasn't like the world's most competitive game. It had its moments. It was, you know, like I said, it's still super fun. But I think Game Five was the real, uh, I guess, highlight of the series. But yeah, I wonder what the future of Tampa is going to hold now that Stevie Y is no longer at the helm as GM, and this team is super expensive, and they have now won the Stanley Cup. I wonder if they're going to keep it together next year. I don't think they can. I mean, I just I don't see how. You look at the makeup of the Tampa Bay Lightning and and see the stars that they got and see a way for them to maintain this. I mean, I don't know what their cap situation is like. I was reading into it a little bit today and um, basically how every team in the NHL right now is is struggling to make it under the cap because of just the way everything is built at this, you know, this point. And I am just, I don't know. I, I think Tampa Bay, you know, especially is, is, going to go into next season looking uh, fairly different than what they look like today. So the 2021 salary cap is 81.5 million and the raise, Jesus, um, the lightning came into the season with 76.1 million in cap totals. Let's see what they're totals look like for next year though 21 22 um so there's not like a crazy amount of guys on contract but the guys who are on contract are expensive 
Mm-hmm. So there's only uh, two, four, six, eight, ten guys here on contract, but they those ten guys are running sixty eight point eight million dollars of cap. So they yeah, need. To- I, I think what I saw today was like they need to sign six guys for six million, something like that. Sorry to cut you off. No, I. I well, they need. It's a. It's a. 21 man roster so they're, they're going to need at least 11 more people um i'm sure some of these guys are sitting in the ahl right now and you know they'll just be called up and some of them will be prospects that will be traded for by someone on this active roster i would assume uh mm-hmm. but either way they have space i guess this is actually a way better cap situation than i was expecting uh it says in the article that I read today on The Athletic, I'm looking it up now, uh, one NHL source said it's going to be interesting. Uh, speaking of uh, Julian Brisebois, I think that's the general manager of Tampa Bay. I believe so. Um, he's got to get six more players under contract. He has less than $6 million to spend. Something drastic has to happen. Um, interesting. I wonder where that number comes yeah. from because it says right here that their cap space for 2021 um, – is 17 oh wait that's 21 21 2022 i went a year too far mm. oh i was looking at last year's caps or, or next year's cap space thinking it was this year's cap space so in 2020 to 2021 this upcoming season yeah they have 5.3 million dollars in cap space aha yeah that's not and great that's, that's two, not a lot four, of money six eight ten twelve 14, 15 players under contract. They need six more players. Yeah. Wow. So they need to sign six players for under $5.3 million. Like, I know one of those guys that they uh, are losing and definitely will not be able to afford is Kevin Shattenkirk, who's um, finally, uh, you know, broken out and been been able to regain his, you know, what was it, pre-Rangers collapse, you want to call it? Yeah, Lindy Ruff really ruined this fucking guy. Um, yeah. He's back to St. Louis Blues, Shattenkirk form. Um, yeah, it, it it's a weird situation to be in because it's not like you're trading Stamkos. That's no. out. Um, you're not trading Vasilevsky. That's what if out. Sam- I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. I doubt you're trading Kucherov because that's just is insane. McDonough is... Not too, it's not like he's old. He's 31, but he's not young. You're not going to get what you need out of that. I'm um, trying to see who else is expensive. You could... Uh, you can't trade Braden Point. No. Palat? You could trade no. Palat. Um, you could trade Tyler Johnson. Um, yeah. Because the, they're at a point where even if they trade one to, to three of these guys... Because they're not trading any of their top end dudes because they're either too important to the franchise or um, just too valuable to to move on from. Uh, or, I mean, and uh, or some of them in, in uh, the case of uh, McDonough, just a, a little bit too old for you to get the kind of return you'd really want. So, I would imagine you know this is still going to be an insanely competitive team next year, but they're in a very interesting spot. I guess, you know what? Maybe this just speaks to how used to the idea of a team tearing down that, like, uh, how, how used to I, that idea that I am. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just expecting this team to tear down next year because they won. And really, the answer here is they don't need to. 
they need to make cap space. They need to sign players, but they don't need to tear down. And I want them to for no reason. I'm expecting them to, I should say, for no reason. Right. Um, man, I was I was thinking of the idea of, you know, I, I forgot how not super old Steve Stamkos is because he's been around for so long. Ever. Right. I, I fully expected him to be like 34. I was, was thinking like, the same thing. What if he same goes off, with. rides, you know, he's been working towards this for so long. He's been ha- like, he's had some of the worst luck injury wise and situation wise where, you know, he's been so close so many times and then they always fall short. This is it. They finally won it right off into the sunset. Maybe he retires, but he's only 30. He signed through 2024. He's not retiring anytime soon. Um, and he has a pretty, pretty massive, you know, cap hit of, you know, eight and a half million every year until the end of his contract. That's not massive. I mean, there's worse players with larger cap hits. Um, and you know, he is still the leader of this team. You know, I know Kucherov is kind of, you know, on the ice, the best player that they have, but at the same time, you know, Sammy's the face of the franchise. Um, but man, looking at their roster, it's just, it's tough to see where they cut fat. You know, I, Braden points 23, you know, he scored 64 points this season. You're uh, not trading two, him. They yeah, have refused to trade him in the past because right. they really believe in him as being, I would have said the eventual replacement for Stamkos, even though it looks very likely they'll be on the same team for the next four years, but still. I mean, I'm looking at Palat, you know, and and you th- that's probably got to be the guy because he just seems to be, you know, the odd man out here. Uh, I'm trying to find his contract so I can get a, a confident look at what's going on. Five point three million dollars, you know, through next season. You can trade him as a for like a rental uh, this off season. They get one year out of him. Sure. I don't know who's paying for a, you know, you know, Palat's contract on a $5.3 million average. Well, I guess it's not average when it's one year, but I I not. think Tyler Johnson might be a candidate to get moved too. Yeah, I believe it. Um, is there a way to look at uh, the entire team? Oh my God, there is. Why did I not look at this? Why? Um, Oh man, yeah. There's there's a lot going here. Yanni Gord is what? He's still getting. Is he still on the team? He's definitely still getting paid by the team. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh man, there's a there's a lot of stuff here. You know, Alex Killorn, Tyler Johnson, Yanni Gord. I don't know how much of an impact these guys have for them on the ice. You know, is Ryan McDonough gonna stick around? That's a big chunk of contract. I, I just he I is a defenseman. He will be there until they scrape him off the ice. Then yeah, all right, fair enough. I'm basically just looking at these contracts and thinking where they could be able to trim fat, and it's it's tough because I don't know, I don't know uh, the CBA for the NHL well enough, like I do with the NFL, to to understand how flexible things are, to understand you know the market value of these players well enough to to confidently say it's just. It's tough. It's really tough. I, yeah, I guess we'll see what they do. It feels so weird to not just be like, eh, it's Stevie Y. He'll, he'll make the right decisions because it's all he knows how to do. Um, 
I guess this is going to be a test for the new GM, really, yeah. because I mean, the team can either maintain the core, which again, they, they're so deep. They can. I really think that they can, because if, if they move on from just one of Palat or Johnson, that frees up $5 million. That means that they, they because they're going to be one player down, regardless of, you know, I'm not going to assume of what they get back, but just assume that that's out. That means that they need to get seven players instead of six, but that means you're getting seven players with 10, anywhere between 10.3 and $10.6 million of cap space, which is a whole different um, ball game when you have over a million dollars to hand out per player than what they're trying to do right now, which is approximately $800,000 per player. Totally different game. Um, yeah. They can actually afford to have like a not terrible fourth line if they have an additional one million or an, an over one million per player to to be able to sign, but one this is definitely going to be a very interesting off season and short off season uh, for what? Tampa. I know we just did this on the last episode talking about the cap situation for all these NFL teams and just how how fuck they are. Um, have you looked at the full NHL breakdown of uh, cap situations, cap space for next year? Uh, no, but I can pull it don't, up. Don't, don't pull it up. Nope. Okay. I, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Who do you think has the least amount of cap space in the NHL for next year? I'll give you a hint. Tampa Bay is 28th out of 31 teams. Um, is it someone? Oh, uh, the Leafs. No, the Leafs are actually 21st on the list. Oh, they really? have wow. 7.8 million dollars in cap space for next year the penguins no the penguins are 23rd with 7.4 wow i'm not even close i'll give you uh, one more guess and then i'll give you the three below the lightning the islanders no the islanders where are the islanders i'm sure they are 17th with 10.1 million dollars in cap space all right who's got the least amount of cap so tampa bay at 28 has 5.3 in cap space. The Columbus Blue Jackets are 29th with 5.2. The Anaheim Ducks are 30th with 1.5. And the Arizona Coyotes are 31st in the NHL with $381,000 in cap space heading into next year. And that's not even a rookie. Jesus. That's... They have a lot of large contracts. Well, and see, this they have three, six, nine, twelve contracts over four million dollars, and a thirteenth that's just like seventy, sixty thousand away. Well, I, I mean, Arizona did just can its GM this this off season. They are expensive yeah. and didn't get nearly as far as they, I guess, needed to to justify it. So. Yeah, I mean Oliver Ekman Larson's making eight point two five million a year. That's a massive contract for him. Clayton Keller's making seven point one. That's a little rich. Phil Kessel's making six point eight. Uh, I mean, I think everyone saw how Phil Kessel took a major step back last year. That's that's you know Derek Stepan. Yeah, six and a half. Like. There's not a lot of guys on here making a lot of money that you would say, wow, that is, that's a good contract that we're happy with, you know? Holy shit. Wait, the Senators have $43 million of cap space oh, next yeah. year? Oh, yeah. So hold on. For, just, just so everyone is aware, 
the NHL also has a cap floor. As it stands right now, going into the 2020 season, the cap floor is 60.2 million dollars. And the total cap of the Senators right now is $38 million, which means they need to spend $22 million to hit the floor. $22 million would be seventh for total cap space in the league. Granted, they only have 10 players signed, so they need to sign 13 more. I know, but still, my God. Oh, yeah. Holy I mean, shit. Arizona Coyotes only like they still need to sign four players, and they have three hundred and eighty-one thousand dollars. You know, Tampa Bay needs to sign. Why does it say twenty-three? That's throwing me off. Who? Whatever. Um, it's yeah, it's going to be rough for them. It's going to be rough. It does say twenty-three. Are they expanding rosters? I uh, maybe. I don't know. Weird. Oh wait, I think uh, I think you get twenty three active uh, players, but oh, twenty one on the two. lines. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, which is feels ridiculous that neither of us thought of until now. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I haven't watched hockey in ten years, so you know that's the way it works. Also, quick question: uh, yeah. are, Do you know when the twenty twenty season starts? I have absolutely no idea. December first. What? December 1st. Well, it would usually start in checking my calendar one week from now, maybe two, depending on the staggering of the schedule. So it obviously isn't then. But yeah, December 1st. It's it's a quick turnaround. Josh, I was looking at like the 2020, 2021, like, you know, calendar year. Okay, we got 21, 22, 22, 23, whatever. I was like, oh, yeah, 2020, 2021. Yeah, we still got a couple more months of 2021. Like, that's fine. Like, in my head, mentally, I was like, yeah, we got like six more months. Like, yeah, that's it, the, the next season's close or far enough out where, you know, it's still 2020. Josh, it is October tomorrow. Yeah. So it when this episode October. drops, it'll be October 1st. And that means that the season, NHL season starts, not, a, not preseason, not training camp, regular season starts two months from today or the episode, the day this episode airs. And this that means that the Tampa Bay Lightning who just won the Stanley Cup, have two months to figure out their fucking team in the wake of winning a championship. And that's... Like, like think about it. There could, there's going to probably end up being at least one Lightning traded within weeks. Because it's so close. Within weeks of winning the Stanley Cup. How funny would it be if somebody got traded before they had their day with the Cup? Oh my god, no. They'd still get it. They'd still get their day. Oh, they'd still get the day. Yeah, for sure. But oh, could you imagine be... holding the cup and be like, "I don't need to play for this team anymore." Oh, you know it's it has to happen. They have to make significant moves to fit under the cap. Yeah, there's no <laughs> two ways about it. Everyone's getting fucked, and I can't wait. Yeah, oh, this is yes. gonna be a weird next like two to four weeks for the Lightning. I mean, for the whole league, but the Lightning especially. Wow. Um. It's I I don't know if I've ever actually looked at the NHL cap situations, you know, on spot track before. It's usually only ever NFL, MLB. Maybe I've looked at the NBA before. Wow. It's it is interesting to say the least. Yeah. Ooh. All right, hold on. Quick question. Who do sure. you think 
spent more on, who do you think has more money on contract for their next season the Ottawa Senators or the Pittsburgh Pirates oh 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 it oh man i think i'm 38 million oh man i think i have to go the senators okay so for that's 2020. I'm going to put in for 2021. Yeah. I have the MLB payroll tracker in front of me. Ooh, you know who has the most total payroll on the books for 2021? In MLB? In MLB. I don't want to say the Dodgers. They are second. Who would have more? Maybe... Fuck, this is this is hard because I don't want to. It's it, I don't think it would be the Yankees. It's not. They're fourth. Who else has massive payroll? I would not have named this team. The Athletics. Oh, get out of here! Of course not. <laughs> the Phillies. Ooh, that would have been. That by, should have been a good guess. Damn, by, by a lot. The Dodgers are number two with a hundred forty. Four, I'm going to round up million dollars on their payroll for next season. The Phillies one fifty five point two, so they have more by like eleven million dollars. And get this, the Dodgers twenty four players signed a contract right now. The Phillies twenty three, so they have more money committed to fewer players. And they're so much worse. And they're so much worse. They're so much worse. Anyway, uh, wow. So, not only do the Senators have $8 million more on payroll than the Pirates, um, the Senators actually have more money committed to their next season than the Tigers, the Royals, the Orioles, the Marlins, the Pirates, and the Athletics. The Athletics actually have the least amount of payroll. Granted, they have very few players signed right now to 2021, but they only have $28 million of payroll going into next season right now. That'll That's be $10 for them. million fewer dollars than yeah. the Senators. Oh, man. That's wild. Yeah. So where are the Pirates at? They're second. I said they're at $30 million, 30. Oh, I, I didn't million. hear the number. I just heard they're second. Oh, actually, you know what? I don't think I said the number. Yeah, they're at 30.3. Oh, I don't know how to feel about that, man. It's so interesting. So so the the lowest spending team in the NHL would be the um hold on, it's thirty-eight point two. Okay. So they would be the twenty-fifth lowest spending team in baseball. And then the highest spending team in the NHL, again, there is a cap. We understand this, but still. Um the coyotes would would be the 16th highest spending team in baseball. It's a very tight window. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Um, shall we talk about my Rangers? I, uh, I muted myself uh, and I totally forgot. I was just having a very intense conversation with you. And I was oh. like, why, why won't you let me talk? Josh, what, what? the fuck? 
Why did you mute yourself? Um, uh, I knocked my TV remote, and I thought it was gonna like start blasting noise. So I was like, "Ah, mute!" So nothing came up, and and then my TV was muted anyway. So that's where I'm at in life, Josh. I just you know, full rundown, just pure panic, having arguments with myself. That's just the way it is. Twenty twenty. Love that. Um. Anyway, so you ready to talk about the Rangers? Yeah, let's talk about the Rangers. So I, you know, I got the notification uh, a few a few days ago that they were trading uh, or buying out. I think trading. I forget. No trading. Mark Stahl, and I was yes. like, "Ah, oh, that's sad." I, I, I understand he hasn't been like an earth-shatteringly great player for the Rangers for the last few years, and it, I have, of course, been frustrated watching him. But at the same time, he's been with the Rangers forever, um, like, and he seems like such a great dude. He always right. try, like, you know, I, I, I'm such a fan of the Mark Stahl kind of guy in the NHL. You know, it, it's the very lunch pale dude mentality that I think everyone likes to see out of uh, out of you know your athletes, the regular guy, work hard kind of kind of guy. And that's mm-hmm. always been Mark Stahl. He's never been necessarily our best player, um, and he has definitely at times been a liability. But he's always been there. And uh, I mean, seriously, I don't really know Rangers hockey without Mark Stahl. He's been around for so fucking long. So while he's not an impact player. I wasn't too sad to see him go, but it was a little bit like, oh man, like, that sucks. My my Rangers team is really changing again after the last big shift when we traded away McDonough. And wow, was that such a poor primer for the news that broke yesterday during the Yankees game, might I add, for a little bit of emotional confusion with my sports teams, uh, that Henry Glundquist was getting his contract bought out by the Rangers. And... I knew this was coming at some point soon because not only it's been a conversation in Rangers circles for a while now, because, you know, we had, uh, I mean, this comes back to when we had Auntie Ranta on the team and everyone was like, oh, could Auntie Ranta take over for Henrik Lundqvist? And the answer was no, because Lundqvist was still good. And so we traded Ranta to the Coyotes and then we called up Alexander Georgiev. And he was doing really well. And everyone was like, ah, are the Rangers going to trade uh, Henry Lundqvist because Alexander Georgiev? And he was like, nope, because Henry Lundqvist was still really good. And then this past season, they called up Igor Shosturkin, who's also been phenomenal and is supposed to be you know, the heir apparent to Lundqvist. He's one of the best goalies to come out of the KHL. And he's super young, whereas, uh, and talented at his, in his youth. Um, whereas Henrik Lundqvist, while still definitely playable, um, is just older. And you have to wonder when that decline is coming. And so it's been a big debate because the Rangers have been carrying three goalies all last season by having Lundqvist, Georgiev, and Shosturkin on this team with all at the same time. And it's not common for NHL teams to do that, and for good reason. And you knew it was coming because when you have the youth and the longevity and the talent, you do that. This is a practical decision, but I mean, he's been the face of the franchise damn near since he got called up. I I, I mean, it's I as much as it, it was weird. It's gonna. It, I was preparing for a weird season without Mark Stahl because again, I don't really know Rangers hockey without Mark Stahl being there. I don't know what Rangers hockey is without Henrik Lundqvist. 
Like it'll look different because Mark Stahl is not there, but it'll only look a little bit different. Right. I don't understand how to watch Rangers hockey without Henrik Lundqvist. It's one of those things where on a the closest I can get to understanding what's that what that's like is when the Pens had to uh, basically leave Andre um, Mark Andre Fleury unprotected in the expansion draft because he was getting older. You know they they didn't exactly have the cap space to keep two you know one A goalies on the roster. Um, you know Matt Murray just finished up you know being you know the essentially MVP for our Cup run and you lose out on you know my favorite player on the Pens. It wasn't, you know, Sidney Crosby the way, you know, um, Henrik Lundqvist is that for the Rangers. But I just, I couldn't, that, like, Henrik Lundqvist to the Rangers is so much more, you know, for that franchise and to you especially than Marc-Andre Fleury was for the Penguins and for me where I was still fresh to the sport and fresh to the fandom. Uh, I like as soon as I saw this news, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I like I really just wanted to reach out and be like, "Josh, what are you thinking? What are you feeling right now?" And I just didn't know how to word it, and I just was I couldn't come to terms with like how to broach that subject. And I'm glad we're talking about it, and I'm glad you're you know got a big Yankees win over Shane Bieber to kind of ease the pain a little bit, and you know having the top pick and all this where, you know, the Rangers are set up for the future and you can understand, you know, they're in a good spot for the coming years. And it's, it was Henrik's time, you know, it was time. I I don't know. I, do you think he signs with another team to keep going? Or do you think he would want to end it with the Rangers and, you know, have that be his career team? Oh, I, I, I don't even know because the thing is, he's not even playing poorly. Like this past season, actually, let me pull up his stats. I, I, he wasn't great, but he wasn't, he, he would be able to start on a lot, a fair, not a lot, a fair amount of NHL teams. Yeah, no, he, he, he was not, he really wasn't much of a liability this past season at all. Um, not in my opinion, anyway. Let me, pull up his stats as well as just uh, league uh, stats I have from this, last year. I have this last year if you want me to read them off while you're bringing that up. Oh, I got it. Um, so in 30 games, he made uh, only 26 starts. Oh, geez, I wonder how that factors in. I can't even think of what those other games would have been. He went 10-12 and 12, um, with three uh, overtime losses. He had He allowed 84 goals on 883 shot attempts. That's good for 799 saves, which is good for a 905 save percent, which is still pretty damn good. I gotta say, um, it's it's you know it's fair. Yeah, you know, for for a man, it was his 38 age, 37, his age 37 season. Yeah, you oh, take yeah. that. Oh yeah. Uh, only one shutout. Uh, 3.16 goals against average. Um, the minutes and everything. Uh linked to that is going to all be skewed because of the the shortened amount of playing time 30 starts um is the fewest of his career even fewer than his rookie season um in part because the rangers were trying to not play him 
as much due to age and also because they have so many goalies um, that they had the luxury of not having to play him necessarily. So, I mean, see, is there like a league average for this page? No, there's not. And I really don't feel like doing that myself in terms of calculations. So, hey, why wouldn't they just make that into a bit? Uh, give me a league average for goalies, punk bitches. All right, I guess um, they. Let's see. They don't. Yeah, they don't have averages. They just have totals. Which is feels pointless. Yeah. Why can't I? Why can't I filter this as well? I don't want to see eighty-seven goalies on here. It's annoying. It's very annoying. Hockey reference. Get your shit together. Right. Get on par with all the other reference pages. Figure it out. Why isn't there fucking qualifications like baseball? Come on. I don't know why there's not anything. Um, it's, it's this is annoying. I like like I just want to see like goals against average or save percent or something. I don't see any of it. This is all just 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 scoring. Oh wait, their save percent. I found it. Okay, so let me just. So league average for save percent was actually 905. So Henrik Lundqvist was league average last season by by save percent. Um, okay. And his goals against average of, uh, what was it, 3.16. Do we have, that's not, that's not on this page. So I'll go fuck myself. Um, really? Yep. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> anyway. He so he he's he's good enough to do it. He is old, but by the fact that he was still league average in save percent, which I understand isn't like the end all be all, but that's the only thing I can literally compare to league average right now. Um, tells me that there are fifteen teams that could do better, and Henrik Lundqvist would be better, um, approximately speaking. Anyway, at the same time, this is a dude who genuinely really loves the the city and the team. And I know every athlete wants to put on that face. Um, but there's very few, I think, that truly felt it the way that I'm... Like, I get the same vibe from Henrik Lundqvist for his love for this team that I got out of, like, the core four from the Yankees. Like, I, I get the same vibe from Henrik Lundqvist about how he feels about this city and team that I get from, like, Patrick Mahomes, for a young example. That dude loves Kansas mm-hmm. City. Um, I know that they just paid him a fuck ton of money, but even before then, he was very involved in the local baseball teams and became a part owner of the, the Royals the second he got paid. Like, it, he genuinely seems to really love Kansas City. Um, the, the same way, I guess you could say, George Brett seemed to really love Kansas like. Could he go somewhere else? I think he absolutely could. I think another team would definitely sign him. I'm not sure. I, he wants to be Martin Brodeur, Martin Brodeur. I'm not. I, I'm not sure I can handle him becoming Martin Brodeur, um, because no Devils fan wants to remember the fact that Martin Brodeur played his final season in the NHL with the St. Louis Blues. No I one wants to think about that. to accept that as fact. That is fake news. No Jets fans want to acknowledge the fact that Joe Namath played his final season in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts. Like, having, seeing a face of the franchise guy that played with your team for over a decade 
and made the Hall of Fame wearing your team's hat, that's a tough guy to see play somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to see it. And I get the feeling that Lundquist doesn't want to, and Lord knows he's rich enough to not have to. Um, but he's playing at a level that's high enough that if he wanted to, he could. And uh, unless unless he goes to a competitor, I mean, sorry, to a team that's ready to compete for a title, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Yeah, at this at that point, you know, it's it's... He's 37 years old. Is it really worth it to uproot yourself, possibly your family, to, you know, go across the country, wherever you would end up going, to give it another shot at winning a cup? Is that, you know, the goal? Is it, you know, make as much money as you can before you retire, set yourself and your family up? Is it just the fact that you would want to still keep playing and you'll go anywhere that'll let you start and play the most games i don't know i you can't know what his priorities are at this point um but i just you know obviously i can only speak from what i would do in the situation if i put myself in his shoes and retiring not necessarily on top but retiring as the absolute face of a franchise and the respect and admiration of everyone at a point where you can retire and say, yeah, I could have still done it for a couple more years. I still got it. And you don't really have to go through that that struggle of, you know, having to have the conversation of it's not you should retire. It's not, you know, this or that, but you need to retire. Like it's you just you don't have it anymore. You know, choosing to retire while you still have it and you still can do it is one thing. Being forced to retire because you just can't can't handle it anymore that's that's different and i i think if i was in his position that's what i would do but i can't speak to that well what i would hope the rangers would do is hire him as a coach which would be awesome i don't even know how good he would be but that would be amazing uh yeah because that or even you know like a special assistant because this is, this is what the the Yankees do and it's wonderful you know they they hire a bunch of the old players to to be special coaches or special assistants or special uh, uh, consultants or whatever the hell and and really it's just uh, hey if you ever wanted to come to the dugout and like give some advice and hang out to the guys like feel free to come on by. You know that's what uh that's what CC is right now. I think that's what Reggie Jackson is. Like Reggie Jackson just goes to spring training and gives guys shit. Like that's like his whole job, and it's amazing. Gossage. Oh no, Goose Gossage is is far too insane to be welcome at those types of events. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a he's a loose cannon with no team anymore. Um, but like everyone likes having Jesse Jackson around because if you're Jesse Jackson. Sorry, Reg- Reggie Jackson, not 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 the preacher Jesse Jackson. If you're Reggie Jackson, you 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 get to I don't know if how much he really you know gets paid, but you get to in theory get paid to like go be around baseball, go talk baseball, and spread your wisdom to the next generation, and also feel like you're still hot shit because people are going to revere you because you're Reggie fucking you're Mister October, um, and it's great for the for the Yankees because they get to keep one of the icons of their franchise around to give prestige to the name 
make the fans feel good, make the young players feel good, make the older players feel good. Everyone feels good. And it doesn't it probably doesn't cost them that much. If I'm if I'm Reggie Jackson, I'm probably mm-hmm. not asking the world to do this. And if I'm the if I'm the Yankees, I'm probably not giving the world to do this. Um, but there's mutual benefits for both. And they could I think the Rangers could very readily do that for Henrik. And I think they would benefit a lot from it because that's the type of class I think you'd want to give off as being one, an old team like the Rangers are for hockey and a New York team. And Lord knows if there's anything <sighs> that that James Dolan needs it's a touch of class so that's um, what I'd like to see while we're on the topic of former faces of New York franchises did you see Mariah Carey came out today to brag about how sensual her first time having sex with Derek Jeter was <laughs> uh, I, yeah I she she's been like talking about Jeter more more recently and i think it's just to get her name in the news oh it's just like i saw the headline and it was just like i i can't not click on this like that's just i uh i didn't read much i read the headline and then started to like see what it was about and was just i couldn't do it like i just i did not care enough to figure out all the details of Derek jeter's sex life with mariah carey who cares just the fucking idea that she would come out and say that shit. It's just like, oh my God. Also, it's, it's just funny that, that she used the word sensual. Like, what, 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 how else would, it's like, it, I'd care way more if she was like, yeah, I fucked Derek Jeter. It was brutal. <laughs> like, like, sensual is the least interesting word she could have used to describe that. Oh, like, dude, yeah, I think most people, when we think shit, of sex, bro. we think of sensuality. Oh, gross. Mariah Carey, go away. Isn't she, like, an awful person? Didn't we determine that with, like, Nick Cage? Or is he the awful person in that? Nick Cage is the awful person. Mariah Carey is just an idiot. She's the only person to somehow be uh, a number one selling artist and also go be so reckless with her money, she's somehow, like, kind of broke again. Is she really? I think so, yeah. Wow. I, and that's why I think she's like talking about Derek Jeter more right now because bitch gotta get paid. She saw um, Mr. President's Trump or tax returns. Fuck, I was trying to avoid saying the name, but I fuck it up anyway. Uh, she saw the president's tax returns and was like, oh, you could just make money by like having a famous name. Holy shit, let's get on board with this. I need to work on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some some reporter went to her house and they were like, Mariah, what do you want to talk about today? And Mariah Carey just went, Derek Jeter. <laughs> Derek Jeter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were like, yes, yes, tell us about that Dak. Uh, and she was uh, like, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I guess, uh, I guess we've talked plenty about hockey. Shall we talk about uh, the most interesting story coming out of the NFL right now? Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's make Corwin sad. We don't do that enough on this podcast. Well, I, I think this is an important topic because we talked about what on earth would happen if this happened um, in our preseason discussions. But mm-hmm. So the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans are having their game postponed because Titans players tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that there was, um, I think, someone on the offensive line and a few other 
positional groups. I forget what they were. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, the long snapper, a tight end that was on the practice squad, and uh, Daquan Jones, defensive lineman. Oh, maybe it was defensive line. Regardless. Um, they, they, they did not announce they tested positive. They were put on the COVID list, uh, which means that they either tested positive or were in close contact with someone who did. So right. it's not definitive, but regardless, they're on functionally the list. it's the same for 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 our discussion. But yeah, you're yeah. right; it's not definitive. Um, and this is the conversation you and I had before the season started of what the fuck is, does the NFL do if they have to postpone a game? Because in the MLB, I mean, the Marlins, the Phillies, the Yankees, uh, the Cardinals, all these teams had a bunch of games postponed but it's baseball you play a double header in a few in a week or so to even it all out mm -hmm. um and you can't do that in football not only that you can't be like oh well uh you know the Steelers are playing in week seven they're playing a game on Sunday and then on that week eight they're playing a game on Sunday so we'll just put a game in on Wednesday no you can't do that either like you you can't shorten rest in football very readily. It's already a big deal when you have to go Monday to, to Thursday, sorry, Sunday to Thursday, or even in some instances, in some instances, depending on how hurt your team is, Monday to Sunday. Like, it's a big deal. And we talked about things that the NFL could do. I think the best idea we came up with was a buffer week between um, the end of the regular season and the beginning of playoffs, which I still think is a good idea. Um, and Regardless of COVID, we should just have it anyway. Yeah, it, it, no, yeah you're not wrong. <laughs> um, but this seriously begs the question, what the fuck did they do? Because are the Titans and Steelers, they don't share a bye week, but they're calling this a bye week. So how does that schedule reshake out? Well, they are not making this a bye week. It's going to be played either Monday night at 7 o'clock or Tuesday at five o'clock, oh, which God, is a whole, like whole other can of worms. I am. Uh, uh, so yeah. so. Mm -hmm. Hold I on. Agree. That is my reaction to that as well. No. Oh my God. Hold on. You're telling me I didn't hear this part. So this is news to me. You're telling me that. The NFL is postponing a game for COVID-19 by maybe just one day? Then what's the point? The point is giving them enough time to get the proper testing and enough testing done so that there's we can confidently play the game without any positive players in the game. Other than that, I don't know. I don't know. Because my thing is, I'm not saying I disagree with with postponing the game. I think you know, you and I are, have have long been on the team of player health above all else. Right. Um. So if they have to postpone games and figure it out afterwards, you postpone games and figure it out afterwards. But mm -hmm. postponing it by one to two days just feels mostly symbolic. Um, right. I mean, if, if it does come down to, you know, a couple hours difference for how long it takes to get these tests back, I, like, I get it, 
uh, it, it's not the biggest deal in the world to, you know, go from a, a Sunday to a Monday night game. As, you know, neither of these teams are playing next Thursday. So it's not a major, major hassle. But I don't know, you know, talking about this on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday, that, oh, yeah, we'll push it back, you know, 24 hours, that that is going to be enough and that you can confidently say it's enough beforehand. I just, I don't know. I, I You know what? I think it comes down to the fact that both of us have very little faith in the NFL to make correct decisions. And we are just assuming that this is pointless. And well, yeah. And bad the, and just, like, attempt to grasp at some good PR that they're doing the right thing. Uh, and, and, and. All right. So first of all, the NFL should have come out with their plan publicly beforehand. I, I saw that they're also considering issuing fines and suspensions to the players that are testing positive due to reckless behaviors that result in them testing positive. But at the same time, the NFL could have just done a fucking bubble and this wouldn't be a conversation. So shut the fuck up about that. Um, but God damn, this is going to be so odd for scheduling. I am just absolutely perplexed by this. Yeah, uh, you know, they did add a second bye week this season to, you know, make up for the fact that this is probably going to be something that's going to have to happen. So actually about that, I saw thought I saw that too, and I'm currently looking at both the Titans and the Steelers' schedules, and there is no second bye week here. Uh, I, I, I think... I think I think it's there and maybe just isn't listed. I'm looking at the week. I'm, I'm they all look pretty certain. damn sequential. Fourth, eleventh, eighteenth, twenty-fifth. That sounds right. So there's a bye week after for the Steelers. The Steelers have a week 11, eight bye. One. Um, yep. Yep. That's the week eight bye. Eight. And then fifteen, twenty-second, twenty-sixth. And then there's a buy after this. Both Ravens games, there's a buy afterwards. No, it's not a buy after the Ravens game. That's just a Thursday night game going into a Sunday game. Uh, and there's only, what, 29, 30 days in November? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. You got me there. Um, I'm telling you there's no second buy. Because that's the thing. I could have sworn that we had seen and talked right. about that second buy, and it is not here. NFL two by weeks. I'm going to Google it. We're going to have to figure this out. This is the Mandala effect. Oh, boy. I hate this. Yeah, uh, it is the Mandela effect. Did you mean to say Mandela? My, I don't even remember what you said now. Fuck me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing two by weeks here. I'm concerned. All I'm right. telling you. Gosh. We mandela ourselves. Oh, wow. That's weird. Any, uh, man. Anyway, um, how, how would you feel if the Steelers made up the game against the Titans during the Titans bye week on week seven and only played the Ravens once instead of playing the Ravens on week seven? Oh, man. Not having to play Lamar Jackson twice would be really cool. Especially because week seven is at Ravens. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but the idea of losing out on that rivalry game is I I couldn't approve that. Like I just couldn't do it. 
You know what's funny it, is it, I got it's a too I got important man. T- kind of an on sequitur, but I got a uh, notification before the Jets game this past Sunday. I guess we could talk about the Jets too. Um, and it said uh, Joe Flacco was inactive for today's game, and I was said, "Oh right, he's on the team." <laughs> <laughs> like, why am I getting a notification for this? Why? Sh- why would anyone care? Oh wait, no one does. Yeah, no one does. Um, so this is this is really fucking weird. I I, I don't look forward to what's going to happen, but I'm interested in to its developments. Right. Um, you know, I don't think they've definitively announced a time yet, which is why, excuse me, apologies, um, why we haven't seen a a definitive date. Uh, I I don't know if I'd hate that it would be on a Tuesday. I think it would really fuck the team up, though. Uh, and I just, I don't want to have to deal with that hassle. So I, I do hope it does end up being a Monday night, even if it does end up being, you know, fairly too close to their actual schedule time for it to be a significant difference. Um, but I don't know. It's it's such a weird situation that I just, I hate that it has to be my team involved. It's a lot easier to answer these questions when it, you don't have to worry about, well, how is this going to fuck with their practice schedule and their rest and all this and like, if it's another team, you could just say, oh, safety first all the way and have no second thoughts. And while safety is still always going to be the most important factor, it's always in the back of your head like, oh, this is a concern because my team needs to do well to go to the playoffs and I need them to go to the playoffs. In, in my opinion, the most damning part of all of this is the fact that we haven't heard from the NFL yet about what their plan is because that means that they're still figuring it out now and didn't account for this being a problem. (sighs) The only reason that the NFL wasn't immediate in telling the fans and viewers everywhere, what was going to happen as a result of this game being postponed is because they never figured out what was going to happen if a game got postponed. Which is fucking insane because they had so far and away the most time to figure these kind of things out. Yeah. Because seriously, what else is their excuse for not telling everybody this Sunday's game? This is it's Wednesday night right now, but I'm just imagining we're not going to hear anything tonight. Um, Although I've been wrong before about these types of things, but it's Mm -hmm. Wednesday. The, The game is four days away. And they haven't announced when the postponement is going to be. Sorry, when the makeup game is going to be. What it's going to look like first. I imagine that they're going to have to figure out the streaming rights for that. It's going to have to take over what would be normally scheduled programming for that. There's a whole bunch of contingencies that I'm sure they're scrambling to figure out right now. That if they had planned accordingly and had these deliberations in the first place, probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. Like oh, if they had something in plan in place for what would be the contingency plan if a if a team had again not even necessarily positive cases but like like Corbin was saying earlier just needed more time to get all the testing done they would they should have had something in writing that they could go ah yes we have a procedure for this that we deliberated on during the off season and they announced the postponement of this game yesterday right. Tuesday? 
Yeah, Tuesday. Uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, you're right. I'm just gonna stop. I, I believe it was Tuesday. Um, right, and then they announced the possible days today, which is batshit lunacy that we're heading into a third day, or you know, day two, but a full. You know what I'm trying to say. A yeah, I got you. Thursday, um, from when they announced the postponement or that the games would be postponed to some degree, and we still haven't heard what the actual firm, hardline answer is, and it's because they're still trying to figure it out. Oh, man. I just... NFL makes it hard to be a fan sometimes, just with how... how much they just love fucking it up. Oh, they are the worst, and they love it, because we're going to keep watching, because it's not the same as college football. You have to watch the NFL. You love watching Lamar Jackson throw his touchdowns. And they're right. I love that. I'm going to keep watching it. I don't know what that voice was, but I loved it. That was fantastic. Appreciate you, baby. Um, That's all I have for football. Is there anything else? Did you want to talk about the Jets? Uh, Yeah. So the Jets got burned by the Colts which I was very numb towards because I was like, good, 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 good. This is all the reason they could possibly need to get rid of Adam Gase after the Broncos game. And then I saw that the Broncos starting quarterback will not be playing against the Jets. Instead, it'll be some schmuck who's never played in the NFL in his entire life making his NFL debut. And that, coupled with their Broncos' terrible defense, spells out a recipe for the Jets winning what is a meaningless game in terms of both standings and direction of the team that might convince Jets ownership to not fire Adam Gase. And, oh my God, if that happens, I I need the Broncos to beat us. I need Adam Gase to get fired. He cannot stay here. I saw a poll on Twitter asking Jets fans whether they would want to be blown out by the Broncos to ensure Adam Gase is fired or to win the game because it is their favorite professional sports, you know, professional football team. And the point is to win games. And I think I sent it to you. I don't remember, but I was almost certain you would say you have to root for them to win the game, but I totally get it because you know Adam Gase isn't going to do anything to help your team improve. You know this is a lost season already. And you know the sooner you can get rid of Adam Gase and the less ammunition he has and reasoning to keep him on board, the better off your team is in the long run. And I can't, you know, it's a professional league. You know, I know everyone has different opinions on tanking and, you know, what that means for your team. But goddamn, I don't know how any Jets fan would want to win and draw out the Adam Gates experience and his tenure here. No, and if I had if I had to convince a fellow Jets fan who was like, "Oh, but you can't, you gotta root for your team to win," no, you don't. Look at how bad Adam Gates has been. Forget last season, which was an absolute train wreck. Look how bad he's been just these first three games. It's going to be four games because he's going to coach for the Broncos game. And that, oh no, I know, but like, let's look just at this season. Look how bad Sam Darnold's been. Look how bad the team has been. Look how good 
other teams that have suffered grave injuries have been faring. The Niners killed the Giants. And the Niners are on a team of almost entirely backups. It can be done. It can be done in this league. Now, do you want to give Sam Darnold 12 more games this season under this coaching staff? Do you think 12 more games is going to benefit him in any way? Just because the Jets have never fired a head coach midway through the season, or during a season, I should say, doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. This guy is so fucking bad. Like, he makes Todd Bowles, who I never really had a problem. We didn't win as much as we should have, but I never had, like, he was never this bad. And he and keeping him to the end of the season, I got. I wasn't thrilled when it happened, but I got it. I don't get this. They have to move on. Our team is getting worse. It's not that they started off bad and are staying bad. They started off horrible and are getting worse. You got to move on as fast as you can. It's one of those things where... You could argue, oh, you're not rooting for your team. No, I'm not rooting for my team this game. I'm rooting for my team for the rest of the next 10 years. You like Adam Gase has never been a good offensive play caller. The never. only successful years he's ever had were with Hall of Fame, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, Peyton Manning, who would just call plays at the line. He would call audibles and call plays and call options on every single play. That's what he did. That's Peyton Manning. That's why he's the GOAT. Yeah, which is what he made took me took all the control away from Adam Gase, and it was successful. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's the thing that made me infuriated when Adam Gase was like, no, the plays are good. We're just not executing them right. Um, uh, you're, you're not a play caller. You're only good quarterback, your only successful quarterback was the guy who was famous for being an offensive coordinator as quarterback and changing everything. Mm -hmm. So, and it really begs the question of would <laughs> would Peyton Manning have had to call so many audibles during his time in Denver if Adam Gase wasn't his, head, his, his offensive coordinator? I just, I don't know. I, I really would love to see Wish we could have seen a guy like Peyton Manning play with like an Andy Reid or a Kyle Shanahan or just like any one of these guys that can build an offense around Peyton Manning and be able to, well, I guess we did see him with Bruce Arians and he's pretty damn fantastic, but the point still stands, you know. Ugh. Absolutely. All right, it's oh, a, we're past the hour. I I, I want to talk about two baseball teams super quick, and then and then wrap up. Is that okay? Sure, absolutely. Um, we'll close with the Twins. The Blue Jays already got eliminated by the Rays. The Rays are moving on. Are you surprised? Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, not even a little bit, right? I mean, the, the Rays were the clear choice against the Blue Jays. Yeah, of of all like the, you know, high seed to low seed matchups, this one felt. I mean, Dodgers Brewers, I think, is going to be just as big of a blowout, but um, mm. because the Brewers are not playing well this season, and the Dodgers, uh, yep, still the Dodgers. So, yeah. 
that'll probably be bad. But yeah, I mean, this wasn't, it wasn't even, comp- at no point in these two games was it competitive. No. Um, and I guess that brings us to the Twins. 18 straight playoff losses spanning almost 20 years. Oh my God. That's not great. That's no, that's, that's not even close to accurate. Like it should be. It's ridiculous. And Oh, I feel for that franchise, man. So when they lost to the Yankees in the wild card game in 2017, it was, you know, it's a one game wild card. Anything can happen. The Yankees had a lot of home runs that year. It was disappointing because it was their first playoff berth since 2010, but one game playoff, you you shake it off. When they lost to the Yankees, was that last year? Um, I think so. In, in a sweep, after setting the record for home runs and losing at home because the Yankees were the wild card team again, they had to travel. Uh, actually, no, the Yankees won the division that year, but I think the Twins were seated higher. Um, that was a that was heartbreaking. That was confusing. Because the, the the Twins just didn't play to their talent. But again, Yankees won over 100 games last year. You know, it's baseball. It's a it's a three. It's a you know it's a five game series that time. But still, it, it's it's it, shit happens in baseball. Right. Losing to the sub 500 Astros. That is startling. It, I mean, this becomes. An organizational yips, which I don't usually believe in, but they just got swept by a team that didn't crack 500 this year. And like I get it, like the Astros still have good players, yeah, but none of them played great. No, there's I just don't know how you look at that and think you know you you don't you don't find the silver lining there. No, if I'm a if I'm a Twins fan, I I think I'm almost afraid of making the playoffs at this point. I wouldn't be afraid of making the playoffs. I'd be afraid of any sort of situation where it is a elimination game. You just can't put yourself there. They're choke artists. You just got to get ahead real early. It is. Oh my God. It was so 18 straight. So would you rather be, I think I know the answer to this already, but would you rather be the, the Twins and lose 18 straight playoff games over the course of the last approximately 20 years or the Mariners and never make the playoffs? Oh, the Twins. Um, the Mariners are just right? the whole... Well, no, the Mariners have two World Series trophies. And they've never lost a playoff what? series. You're thinking of the Marlins, my friend. Yeah, I am. I, am. I, I, I realized that halfway through saying it that I... Absolutely did it again. Um, yeah. How am I so bad at forgetting Seattle's team? This is the second time I've forgotten the Mariners exist. Or ah. who they are. You know. Oh, God. <sighs> so yeah, you what can I say? In what can I say? In this talented host. I didn't hear what you said. You picking the, the the twins on this one? You'd rather be the twins over yeah, the Mariners? Yeah, I'd rather be the twins. Actually, that's a good question though. Would you rather be the twins or the Marlins? The Marlins who have won uh, a World Series in the in the two thousands. I think I would rather be a twins fan because 
there's a lot of there's there's a lot of sadness that goes with being a fan of the Marlins and understanding how good your team should and should have been if you just kept the players you had and this and that and yeah the Marlins had uh, ownership concerns yeah for a long time that that stuff's really ugh, brutal to have to deal with um as you well know Mr. Pirates yeah well, yeah but all right I'm unfamiliar with that term yeah, yeah, yeah. Those weird black and gold teams up in that town no one cares about. Um, anyway, shall we wrap up? Uh, before we go, uh, did the Yankees win their first game? <laughs> yes, they did. They are not cool. positioned to win their second game, which is fine. I, I, If the Yankees get eliminated, I'm not mad. Um, as long as one of the Yankees or White Sox continue to the next round, I am happy. Um. um yeah, Padres lost their first game today. I mean, I can't say I'm going to say I'd be happy if or be fine if they lost, if the White Sox continued, because I don't care. Um, I would be content with the fact that it's our first year in, in like 14 years, and it's my first year being a fan, so I can't be too upset, as long as the Astros do not win the World Series. No, absolutely Major not. Major caveat there. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I don't think that they will. I think the AL is too stacked and the NL is too dangerous. Like, And the Astros are just too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Even factoring in this uh, this two-game sweep, I think that puts them at 500 on the year. Um, pathetic. But anyway, uh, shall we head out? Let's head out. All right, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at Juicing, uh, juice the numbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.